anniversary in a couple of days. Every time she says the word because, I'm going to give her a rose. So let's see how many times she says the word because. So while Emma's getting ready, let me tell you the story of how I proposed to my wife. And I will warn you this, the whole thing was a total failure. My mum and dad had always told me that my dad used all of his month's salary to pay for my mum's engagement ring. And I thought, that's rather romantic. Do you know what? I'm going to do the exact same thing. So on Emma's 20th birthday, I decided I'm going to propose to her. Now the only problem with proposing to a woman on her birthday is you then don't have any money to buy her a present or even a card. And that's exactly the situation that I was in. So I rang up Emma on a birthday and I said, come on, let's go to the Lake District. Let's go river snorkeling. River snorkeling, what's that? So I took her up to the top of the mountain. And what you need to know about this day is it was absolutely boiling hot and we're both dripping in sweat. And I said to Emma, once we'd reached the top of the mountain after an hour of walking, Emma, just wait on this rock because I need to make sure that the water is the right temperature. I mean, if it's too cold, you're not gonna want to stay in that long. So let me have a swim first and then you can join me after. So now Emma Emma's thinking, this man is incredibly selfish. A, it's my birthday. B, he's not got me a present. And C, he's just enjoying himself while I have to wait on this rock and watch him swim. Now, this was all part of my plan. A couple of weeks earlier, I had bought an oyster clam from the local fish market. It took me hours to try and figure out how you open the clam. But once I eventually opened it out, I scooped out all of the guts and I put Emma's engagement ring in the middle of it. I then wrapped it up in string and here we are, I put it in my shorts pocket. The plan was to drop it to the bottom of the riverbed and then invite Emma into the water and say, Emma, look at the buried treasure here. So that's exactly what I did. Emma, Emma, look, 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 there's, there's buried treasure here. No, Joe, you said that you didn't want me to come into the water. No, I'm okay, thank you. Emma, Emma, look, no, no, Joe, I'm actually really annoyed at you. No, 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 I'm not getting into the water. So eventually I climbed out of the plunge pool and as I climbed out of the water, Emma, turned her back and wouldn't even give me eye contact. So then I start saying, Emma, look what's in my hand. No, no, Joe. Emma, look what's in my hand. Look, no, no, Joe, look. Emma Davis, for once in your life, will you do as I say? And so she turned round and there I was on one knee. On one side of the oyster clam was the ring and on the other side was these words. Emma Davis, will you marry me? Now why do I tell you that story? I tell it you for one reason and one reason alone. Anything in this life which is precious, anything in this life which is valuable is covered up. Just like I covered up the ring in that clam. So you have to mine for miles and miles below the ground to find precious diamonds which are covered by layers of rock. Which of you knows a person who owns a bar of gold and then leaves it out in the open? No, every bar of gold is protected by a safe. And even your smartphone, because it's expensive, because it's precious to you, you cover it with a case. And so, my dear friends, never forget this. Your body is more precious than all of these things put together. And so you likewise need to cover it and protect it for the Lord your God. Before we get started, there's one thing we need to ground all of our discussion, and it's this. Modesty is actually a picture of the gospel. You and I are naked. We're, we're covered in sin and dirtiness and wretchedness. But the blood of Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross for sinners, his blood covers us and washes away our sins. And not only that, Christ Jesus gives us his garment of righteousness and covers all of our sins. So God doesn't see Joe Kirby and his sins anymore. He doesn't see Emma Kirby and her sins anymore. 
anymore, knowing he sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, that garment of righteousness is a one size that fits all. So tomorrow when you choose your outfit, ask yourself this question, does this outfit represent the gospel which I believe mm. accurately? Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Now, let me just be honest with you. From the man's perspective, I think it can create a paranoia also for us because we don't want to be seen as uh, sort of lust-crazed creatures. And you can sort of see it when you're talking, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. When you're talking yeah. to a woman. Sometimes you can see it and you, you sort of get a bit paranoid thinking, I hope she doesn't think... Well, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, I hope this woman doesn't think I'm lusting after her. But is there a paranoia for you as a woman when you're in the church as well? I suppose it... I suppose it's different for, for women because I think it's more just going back to the almost the judgment that you may feel from like you said the example of let's call this person Mary Ann who's been a Christine in the church for 60 years there might be a, an almost paranoia that oh is what I'm wearing today acceptable in her eyes and we can almost get hung up on how people in the church view our stand on modesty instead of you know what does God think about it now something else we really want to emphasize at this point is this Modesty isn't just for women, it's for men as well. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This verse isn't aimed at either a man or a woman, it's aimed at both. And we need to remember this, that our body does not belong to us. And something that I found sort of interesting from the YouTube channel is this, the amount of women that have written in and said, I struggle with lust. Mm. And it's like you said, there is, there's this real misconception and it isn't talked about, there's almost a shame to it, where women just don't struggle with lust apparently. But that is not true at all. As a woman, I can say over the years, I have struggled with lust. If there is a man on a really hot day, dressed with no t-shirt on, you know, I have to look away. I can't just stare at that because I'm a sinful human being and I know my heart and your eyes can wander the same as a man. And something I want to say at this point, you might be thinking, well, it's easy for you to say that, Joe. You're about as ripped as a McDonald's french fry. And the, the truth is this, it's harder work. Modesty is actually, in some way, it's not a fair game because it can be harder for some people mm. more than others. So if you're ripped and you've got an eight pack and you're really muscly, you've got to be careful how tight your clothes are because you might cause a, a woman to stumble. Likewise, your jeans. Some men will wear really, really short shorts and you've just got to be careful. Maybe you could talk about the woman's side to that. I don't want to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so again, you know, if as a woman you've been blessed with a very voluptuous figure, you know, sadly we live in a very overly sexualized society where 90% of the clothes available are very tight fitting, skimpy. And so the design, it, the design, the design, sex sells, yeah, absolutely, yeah. sex sells. And the clothes, the fashion industry is designed to, we're, we're like walking sex objects, that's what the fashion industry wants from us. So it's harder work for a woman or a man who has accentuated body parts to go shopping because you have to search that little bit harder to find tops, t-shirts, 
pants, trousers that are modest. Now something that people often say is, well the men just need to stop lusting and, and we can apply it mm. to the women. Mm. You just need to control your eyes. Do you think that's a helpful attitude to this whole theme of modesty? Absolutely not, no. Going back to the scripture that we just read from 1 Timothy 2, um, that's addressed just to women in the church and it says to adorn yourself in modest apparel. So therefore you can see it isn't just solely down to the man or the woman to control their eyes. We also have a responsibility and also we should want to as Christians if we are professing to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We should want to naturally help and care for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We know how much it cost Christ on the cross when he suffered for our sin um, and lust is a sin and therefore if we know that dressing really immodestly is going to cause a brother or sister to stumble we don't want that. We shouldn't want that. We should want to play our part in helping them. So I think it's a two way, it's a, it's a balance isn't it? Look the bottom line is this, a woman can be dressed as modestly as possible if a man is, is burning with lust mm. inside of him and he's not repenting of that sin, if he's got that sin in his, in his flesh if you like, he's still going to lust and yeah. that woman might be doing everything she exactly. can. So it, it does yeah. ultimately come down to the man at the end of the day. But then on the flip side, there might be the man who is doing everything he can. He has this weakness and he's trying to fight it. He goes into the world, he goes into the streets, the workplace, and all these women are dressed immodestly. And then he goes to church and there's also women dressed immodestly. I suppose we're trying to help one another. We don't want to cause one to stumble. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're trying to look out for one another. But again, it's not just a man thing and it's not just a woman thing. Modesty is for all. So we've been bought with a price. We've been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thinking, yeah, I want to serve him. I want to honor him. So tell us, Joe, what clothes Tell us, Emma, what clothes should I wear then? Is it helpful to be prescriptive? Should we give you a dress code of how everyone should dress? Yeah, okay, so here's the list. Are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay, now, I think we were talking about this before we started filming and what we feel convicted about clothes that are modest can be completely different for somebody else's conviction. But ultimately, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But also, you will be seeking the Lord and you will be wanting to honour the Lord. Um, so you've got this freedom. It's not this heavy burden and this heavy yoke on your shoulders which is weighing you down and every morning when you wake up you're dreading you know what do I wear but yeah when it comes back to sorry being prescriptive you know you should wear this and you shouldn't wear that yeah should you wear an ankle should you wear a dress down to your ankle should you wear a turtleneck if you start with the gospel and you start yeah. with remembering that Jesus has bought me with a price that's all you need to remember and mm. it'll be your own conscience mm. so give it to the Lord and, mm. and, and the spirit of God which is within all of us as believers he'll witness to you what that's you should it. wear and you, you'll get a sense of it. Mm, should I be wearing this? Is this mm. right? Something that helped me because before I became a Christian I worked in a really high-end fashion retail chain. I used to think it was amazing because we got free clothes. The idea was we were walking mannequins, you know, people, customers would come in, they'd see us in these clothes and then therefore the customers would want to buy the clothes so they could look like we looked. Thinking back to the time then, you know, I loved the attention that I got from men. I loved it. I'd have men asking me for my mobile number, all because of these clothes. Cell phone if you're American. Cell phone, yes, asking for my cell phone number. All because of the clothes I was wearing. But you know, that did me a lot of damage because I was then holding my whole identity in the clothes I was wearing. And that's the thing I really think we should hammer home is your identity is in Christ. It's not in the clothes you wear. It's not in the makeup you put on your face. It's in Christ and him alone. And the more that we are bombarded with fashion and beauty and all these things which are just ill 
infiltrating and saturating our minds, the more that can start to shape us and shape our decisions, which is why we have to be counterculture and we have to be in the word, praying and seeking the Lord and he will direct our paths. Uh, something that helped me from coming out of that environment is I started to think, when I would get dressed in the morning is, if Jesus was here right now in bodily person, would I feel a little bit awkward? Would I be a little bit ashamed and think, oh, this isn't really appropriate because I'm dressing to get attention from the opposite sex. And that's it, it's your motive. If you've got it, yes. a wrong motive, if your motive is, I want to make all the boys swoon or I want to make yeah. the girls check me out, that's, that's a terrible motive, mm. you know, because you're making it all about you. You're making all of the focus about you. But John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Mm. And and our goal in life is to magnify the Lord Jesus mm. Christ, not to bring the focus on ourselves. Why do you think I brought you to the shop? You know when we did the modesty video the other day? Yeah. I decided that every time you said a certain word, I'd buy you a rose because it's our seven year anniversary. Uh -huh. Can you guess what the word was? It begins with B. B. Beautiful. It wasn't beautiful. So, every time you said the word because, I was yeah. going to buy you a rose. So you said it nine times, so I'm going to go and buy you nine roses oh. now. doing <laughs> okay take three now i ended up buying you too many roses because they were so cheap and i thought it was wrong not to get you as many roses. i'd be very happy even if you did just get me roses yes yes of course you would darling <laughs> are you not gonna give them to me are you not gonna give them to me yeah sorry <laughs> there you go